Hello, everyone. Welcome to It's Funnier Nokian, a supernatural podcast. My name is Kira. I'm Sally. And we just finished watching episode 15 of season 15. So 1515. Nice. <laughs> called Gimme Shelter. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, feel like the broken record that we are sometimes, I actually kind of, I really enjoyed that episode. Mm-hmm. There was parts of it that I didn't, that I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But the overarching tone was enjoyable. Yes. And we're also very tired. and We're so tired. <sighs> you we're, know. We're having a week. Yeah. A but week, a okay. day. I feel like last week we were so hyped up that the show was back and this week oh, we're for like, sure. work sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also too, on the flip side, I don't know about you, but I was, it was just that kind of like coming back to podcasting jitters for me yes. without realizing it because I was like convinced that we sounded so different and we sounded so awkward and by we, I mean me. Um, <laughs> And everything, but then I went and like I listened to us, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's fine, it's a thing. I can tell I'm a little bit rambly, but whatever, it, yeah. it is what it is. And when am I not? Let's be honest. Um, but then I listened to our last podcast before our unforeseen hiatus, and I was like, it sounds the exact same. <laughs> also thanks to everyone for listening to that like the like that our last podcast before the hiatus is like our most listened to podcast yay in our catalog so i'm glad that we could occupy that little space of like bereftness yes you know over not having the show at least yeah um so yeah okay this week, um, we finally yes. got Misha back. Yes. Oh, it was like, it, and it was everything that I wanted it to be. It really Well, was. not everything, but pretty close to everything I wanted it to be. I just, like, want, like, the soft smiles and glances between Cass and Dean just, like, inject it into my veins. That is serotonin right there. Like, I'm at the point where I'm just, like, I don't give a shit about, like, what, like, death feels not happy. I just, I just like watching them interact. It's just. Exactly. They're on screen together. They smile. And I'm like, aww. Like, I Every, just. Everything's I right in the world. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Um, what else happened? <laughs> blinded by the ship (laughs) oh oh and then immediately after um the part with Cass and Jack wanting them to wear matching ties so good it was so good I just man I'm not coherent today but um it's like what am I here for I'm here for fan service you know yes like I just like we're not here for like prestige television. I just want them to give me what I want. And what I want exactly. is jokes about how many dads Jack has and like yep. 
him to want to wear matching ties. Yeah. Because I want to wear matching ties with all of my friends. <laughs> I mean, not like ties, but I feel like that's an impulse that I really strongly have where I'm just like, ooh, let's all get matching friendship bracelets. And everyone's yes. like, no, I want to do my own thing. And I'm like, no, but what if we all no. wore the exact same outfit? Like, I, I'm way more on the, like, let's all wear the exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, we, we should have discussed this more when we were seeing each other in person. <laughs> well, but no, but we still did, did and commented on very strongly about the dressing for each other yes, thing, which I feel true. like is like a, a cousin to that. Yes. And or like, we'll see. Jackets. Yes, that's true. And, and, or we'll see stuff and be like, that's very so-and-so. Yeah. I'm going to get it. And so you just end up like, you know, slowly but surely just dressing the same anyway. (laughs) And I appreciate that about Jack, that he just has that like enthusiasm and like, let me get my suit. (laughs) Dorkiness. It's so cute. And And it really is that like, he's the new cast thing. Where I feel like at one point, Cass was the one who, like, would have wanted to wear a matching tie with Dean. Um, and, And now he's in a position where it's like, he's over it. He's not, you know, I feel like around season five, he was very much not, like, I'm looking for the right word. I keep thinking like worshipful, but that's like, there was a bit of hero worship. Yeah, worship is the right word. He had a bit of like hero worship of Sam and Dean. And now he's at the point where it's like, he's seen some shit. Like he knows they're not perfect. He knows he's not perfect. He's, he's a daddy. Well, yeah, that's a very interesting thing of, of thinking of it as like the, the Winchester brothers kind of being his salvation in a way mm-hmm. in the same way that like, like him being an angel could be for other people. Yeah. You know, but it's just like, it shows that it's not about like identity or like status or whatever. It's about the like system mm-hmm. or, or like, like how, how you're responding to the system. If you're like, fuck the system or other people around you, are like, fuck the system, come with us. And it's like, it can work both ways, right? But it made me think of it, Cass's line to, to I almost said Alex, Cass's line to um, Jack. Jack, thank you, to Jack of, um, you look good, it, it blues your color. I know. Like, that's, like, it, it comes across as very sweet coming from uh, Castiel slash Misha, but hear it in Dean's voice. And it's like sarcasm and yes. like exactly something that he would say to Cass. Yeah. But like it would have like a completely different meaning. And I just love the dynamic. And also too, it's like, like you're saying, like back in like say season five where he's like super worshipful and everything. And it's like, but also too, he was like a terrible like human. Like he was a terrible like hunter. Mm-hmm. But now it's like he's so seasoned. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't, he holds the badge up. Not only does he hold the badge up the right way, but he also like asks the right questions and for the right information. Like 
What? And Jack is the one who's like, I graduated from CSI. Yes, I. <laughs> oh. oh, so good. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, to, to foster our just like random anecdotal branching out and not growing chronological order nature of our podcast. Um, I'm really happy that I caught who directed it while we oh, were yeah. watching. Yeah. That it was Maddie, Matt Cohen. Um, and it's so funny because he, he has, I'm quite certain he's directed episodes in the past, mm-hmm. but like not as much as um, uh, like say Richard or even um, Jensen. But, uh, and I'm pretty sure that this was a Davy Perez yeah. episode. Yeah. And it felt like it. It was very dialogue Yes. And I like it. I, like I it. honestly I like it. I think like my it. favorite scene in the entire episode was the scene with the Crossroads demon. <laughs> because it's not my favorite scene, but I, I really enjoyed it. The, I, I think I also love when shows get to this point of making fun of themselves, which like Supernatural has been doing for the past like 10 seasons. Um, but when I, I feel like they moved away from this a little bit, um, like in season 12 and 13 and maybe 14 a little bit where they would have characters where you're like, eh, like, uh, Kentucky fried chicken. What was his name? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm it thinking of with an a. a wrong name. I know, but the name that came to my head was <laughs> was Amadeus. Well, no, was, was it Asmodeus? Asmodeus. There, there you go. So you were right. <laughs> but I couldn't even. I couldn't leap to like what have would have actually been correct because it just sounded so funny. <laughs> you were just <laughs> like, like Mozart. <laughs> KFC Mozart. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. But it's like, yeah. you know, he was kind of this like Crowley replacement and it, he just never quite yeah. like landed. Uh-huh. And, you know, this British crossroads demon showed up and I was like, oh, another crossroads demon with a British accent. And then and then they like flipped it because because they know that that's a corny thing that they do. And he didn't have an accent at all. And like TBH, like I've never related to a crossroads demon that much in my life. Like he's bored. He doesn't know what he's doing with his life. He's trying to be cool by having a British accent. Like he just wants to help. Yeah. I loved it. And I love it. Like, you know, well, yeah, I know who I am, but we're talking about, you know, I'm talking about work-life balance. <laughs> so good. Work-life balance? I don't know her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh-huh. I enjoyed that as well. So what do you think, just again, to jump around randomly, what do you think is going to happen with him and the chick? That's a good question. Because it's that, Okay. So there's like two, I can't help it right now. I'm gearing up for NaNoWriMo. So ah. my, I, my writer brain is like going on overdrive. So forgive me mm-hmm. for being, for the neuroses seeping into the podcast. Um, How is that different? I, I, 
You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but I see there's two possibilities. Either he was being genuine when he was talking to Cass and Jack in the sense of like, you know, uh, um, he is really just like following, like he's following, he, ha- he is following Rowena's orders, which then translates into whatever he's doing with the chick is also following Rowena's mm-hmm. orders or he's factioned. And there's more shit going on in hell than we realize or something, or, or it might be a throwaway thing Mm -hmm. because speaking of Asmodeus, um, you know, there was very promising plot line with the, it was Shadim, right? Yeah. Yeah. With the Shadim and stuff, that would have been very cool in my opinion. I would have really liked to see that was like completely dropped and abandoned. Mm -hmm. Not saying that this would be, but like, even just like, it ends up just being a very like one off, like not plot important kind of thing. Oh, I don't think it's going to show up again. I was just like. Really? You don't? No. Oh, interesting. Well, I guess there are only like now. Oh my God. I know five episodes left now speaking of like dropped plot threads too every time anything happens at the end of the episode when Jack has his big like reveal or whatever which we'll get to I was just like well Cass is never gonna have his like moment of happiness or whatever like Mm -hmm. that whole thing with the like he's never the empty's never gonna come for him like is he ever gonna be happy what what yeah. Sorry, I was waving at the screen. Like, me, me, pick me. He, okay, so we're going to talk about it. End of the episode. Okay. Of course, Cass can't keep his mouth shut. He goes to his husband, who's in his robe uh, with I some vodka or whatever it was, some liquor. And he's like, whiskey, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he's like, look, Dean, I might not make it back. <laughs> so you have to know about this. Where could he be going that he might not make it back from? Oh. The first place that came to mind for me was the empty. Like, of course, there could have been... They've been to a lot of places that they can't (laughs) make it back from. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) um, you know, like, he could be going to the garden. He could be, you know, seeking out Chuck to have, like, a one-on-one or, like... Who knows? My, my I, I strongly believe that it's the empty just because we still haven't seen the empty yet. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a prominent figure in terms of like yeah. teaming up with Billy. Unless again, that was like not actually a team up and more of like, he was just work, like it was just like there to get Jack kind of thing that like maybe um I saw I watched this uh but I find the credit for it and I'll put it in like the description of the podcast or whatever but um there was this great theory video on YouTube that I watched and the theory was that the empty was actually uh God not even the demiurge or whatever the hell it's called that you've talked about not even that 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 the empty is actually the real God, the three, like the whole, cause it should really be Holy Trinity. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't oh. be like twins. Yeah. And oh, that, so yeah, smart. I'm going to give this, per- it's not me, it's this person. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to give credit. I promise. I promise. Um, and uh, yeah, that it's like the Holy Trinity and that 
uh, uh, like Omar and Chuck are just like the other sides and then like the big kahuna, the alpha is actually the empty and like kind of, this is more my interpretation of what they were talking about, but like kind of Chuck's almost like the trickster of them and just became kind of power hungry and was just like, I just want to break things kind of thing. And then like put the empty to sleep, like put got sleep and like changed everyone's memories. And then like, that's when to me, the theory kind of starts falling apart because it just feels like way too much work. Yeah. <laughs> um, to basically like make everyone forget the original God mm-hmm. and like transplant you as the, you know, God, I don't know. Um, but still an interesting concept that I feel like kind of goes in with like some of the stuff that you've brought up about yeah. like the demiurge and yeah. Anyway, Definitely. I digress. So yeah, anyways, <laughs> that's why I think that um I think that he's going to the empty. Because like other than Billy and yeah. Amara, who is the other most powerful being, yeah. right? Like where else could he go? Yeah. Really. So yeah, that's that. Hmm. Anyway. So I think that he'll go to the empty and that we might not necessarily get resolution on that, but like, it would be funny to have the empty just be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm used to being awake now, you know, or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or, or correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that deal because, Oh, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Okay. Hold the phone. Wasn't that original? <laughs> wasn't that original deal in heaven? Because Cass was trying to save Jack, like save Jack from the empty taking him. Wasn't that the original deal? Yes. So technically, the empty did get Jack. Mm, yeah. True. And he gave him up on his own. So like technically, okay. Cass is technically off the hook. In that, in like logic, but not necessarily emotionally because like the empty does not like him. So like, that doesn't mean he can't still, you know. Yeah. Anyway. It's going to be so, the ending is going to be so weird. I can't believe we only have five episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So one of my things about the whole, like, Jack is gonna die thing is, like, he said it, and I was like, a fucking course. Like, to a certain extent, I'm just like, the thing with Supernatural is they can't threaten us with death anymore. Because I just don't care. Like, I'm like, oh, this character is gonna die? Like, he's already died. Multiple times. Multiple times. Like, and it's just like... Like, I get that we don't want him to stay dead. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like, it's sad for Cass and Dean and Sam. But it just, like, doesn't quite have the emotional weight. No, I, I agree. But I would argue that it has a different, almost, like, kind of worse emotional weight. Because then it's just, like, the first thing that came into my mind, just, like, a lot of instances where... Jack seems to brush up against a lot of the personal kind of trials that the brothers or or Cass have had in the past, which is like, okay, now he's a real Winchester Mm -hmm. because you can't be a real Winchester until you 
sacrifice yourself yeah for everyone else right so it's kind of like that thing of just like it's not even it's not even the fact that he's going to die it's the fact that he kept it to himself very well yes you know like it like very successfully and i think part of that too is because unlike with the winchesters or Cass, like with them we would normally have some kind of in like we would have some kind of like interiority whereas with jack we usually don't Mm -hmm. um so like it allows us to be kind of kept in the dark more Mm -hmm. but also too it's like his i don't know if this is the right word but his like resignation yeah is so um evolved and it's like so much more past even like what the brothers or cast would do Mm -hmm. you know like there wasn't anger in in what he was doing or like saying to Cassie. It it was very like, not matter of fact, but it was very just like, look, you got to let me do this. And like, that's that. Yeah. And then there was, you know, so fucked up that he's like, this is the only way I can like this. Didn't he say that this is the only way they'll forgive me? Yeah. Like, like, Oh God, no Mm -hmm. baby. They've already forgiven you. It's fine. (laughs) They're your dads. They don't care. (laughs) They don't care that you killed their mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. my favorite scene of the episode was here. (laughs) What was it? By the way, what was it, Sally? What was it with Dean and Amara in the diner? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Am I really that obvious? Yeah, but also uh, that was like my second favorite scene. So okay, cool. Um, yeah, that was just like it was. Honestly, I think that that scene is what actually made me like the episode. I yeah. hated the whole patchwork, whatever oh, the fuck God, it was called. I, know, I, know. I, I hated that whole thing, even the yeah. chick, like that whole case. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But um, I hate a strong word. Yeah. I we, just we didn't. Can, we can talk about that because I have feelings yeah. about that. But exactly. Anyways, put that on the on the burner on the side, <laughs> back burner for now. Uh, but that scene definitely like saved the episode for me because it was. Something that I personally find that's supernatural and its writers do so well, which is just being able to drop in these like incredibly poignant, perfect scenes and have them make sense in the episodic narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, it's one of those things that like, that's easily kind of like, oh, well, yeah, it should. But like, it's not exactly like easy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially with there being so much history, so much kind of ground to cover. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed, I really loved the emotion that got tapped into and like the way that Amara, the way that Amara expressed herself to Dean yeah. and s- explained uh, her reasoning for bringing Mary back. Um, one, it totally like fell in line with even just the brief things she had said 
prior, mm-hmm. um, like I'm going to give you the thing that you need most. Yeah. Um, and I remember us at the time being like, what does she mean by that? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, not only does it line up with that, but it's, it's, there's this subtle thing of where like, the way she's saying it, it sounds like it's coming from the character instead of being written by a writer. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound, it's not this kind of like overwrought thing. And same thing with like Dean's um, response. Mm-hmm. It felt, I guess, genuine is the word yeah. that I'm looking for. And um, it, I'm just thinking of this now. Um, with Dean's response, he was talking about how like he re- he only responded to the second thing that she wanted to get him get him to get out of this, which was hoping that it would qu- quell some yeah. of the anger in him. He only responded to that. He yeah. didn't he didn't verbally respond to the first part because he did gain perspective. Yeah from having her around in this, in that kind of um, Mm -hmm. environment and timing and everything. Yeah. Um, And there was a lot of personal growth that came from it, you know? Well, and I think that that part speaks really interestingly to the things that we can teach people and the things that people can learn and then separately the things that are either inherent parts of them or other traits that are less easily explained because it's like okay yeah like he learned that his mom was a real person like that's a thing where you can be like okay like I'm going to teach you about this thing but that's very different from being like you have this fire in you where is it from you know amara doesn't know where it's from i don't know where it's from i could probably Mm -hmm. think about it for a long time probably part of it's from john but yeah you know what is it that makes dean have this this burning anger or whatever and you know and you know you can't unless you really understand why someone has a trait like that, you can't, you know, hope that something will, will take it away. And honestly, I think that it's such a good, that conversation was such a good bookend to last episode's little kind of like mention, like droppings of like trauma and this and that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's like, I think Amara was a little naive yeah. in terms of her hope um, or thinking that doing, you know, him having his mom back would, um, you know, if not get rid of, then help quell that like anger. Um, but that, that being, I think it's naive just because, it does in retrospect feel like 
a uh, band-aid for a bullet wound oh yeah kind of situation where it's mm-hmm. just like you, you can't take this like life full of of uh trauma that is most likely what's triggering this like deep-seated anger and 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 frustration and all of that kind of stuff and just be like oh well here's your mom back mm-hmm. like that's not it doesn't balance the scales really yeah. well and i was know? just thinking like I think, you know, did she compare it to a fire? Did she say something about burning? Yeah. So like, let's say it's, you know, a fire and losing his mother is the spark for that fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And over the years, so many things have stoked that fire. He was in hell for 40 years. He lost Sam how many fucking times? Like all of these became a demon yeah so then you have this raging inferno and okay you take away the one little piece of wood that started it but the fire is still burning or another way of like saying that great and out that great analogy another way of saying it is just like okay it was the initial spark so what you're going to just add the spark back in yeah or like you're just going to add another spark like it doesn't really yeah, work that way. Yeah. Um, to hop back. Great analogy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, to hop back to your thing about um, Amara and Bean's conversation. Um, I'm getting distracted by Sally's cat. Yeah. This is the other <laughs> so great thing about, um, about recording the podcast from our beds is once again I am snuggled up in my bed with my Austin Matthews pillow and Zeke is Zeke is my cat um and he's very distressed about who I'm talking to and what's going on (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like mom you're elevated what's happening (laughs) but no what I was gonna say is it's interesting to me that um you found that interaction genuine and non-writerly because I found it genuine but I think I did find it writerly but I enjoyed that about it because similar to Chuck I felt like I I think that Amara's reasons for bringing back Mary I think that um you know I've enjoyed the way the show has addressed things like this in the past. So I feel like we got a similar thing when Charlie came back. We got this Mm. weird sort of like apology from the writers about how they killed her the first time around. Uh, And with this, I did kind of feel like it was the writers explaining why they brought Mary back. But I didn't mind that because Mm -hmm. Chuck and Amara are these character embodiments of the series writers essentially so we got to see this like conversation between the character and the writer um was kind of how how I interpreted and I like you know I still enjoyed it like I think like I found it genuine and I think we both enjoyed it to the same extent um but my feelings about it being somewhat of a writerly perspective like added to my enjoyment of it rather than detracted oh totally and I think that that 
like that reading of it is very much in line with like what the show has been about it, especially for the last couple seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, in framing Chuck and God uh, as like a writer mm-hmm. and, you know, beyond it being the like wink, wink, ha ha, like, you know, poking at writers. <laughs> um, it's fine. I get it. The other day I was like working on some character sheets and I was like, Oh my God, this is like really sadistic exercise. Like very, <laughs> like, I feel, I feel weird right now. <laughs> it all like, it came to me anyway. What's the line that Chuck says, what a, what a capricious God I am or whatever mm-hmm. when he first shows up. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I, I feel like that that reading is incredibly valid, like or, or um, uh, validated by like the the kind of goal of the show and the narrative and and all that kind of stuff, and and just like the function of the two characters that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, as like with Amara being a, a cosmic being, a deity in in and of herself, essentially. Um, but more what I was referring to, um, was, like, the dialogue specifically, like, how it was written. Yeah, okay. Because, and, like, I know that that's essentially what you're talking about as well, but just to be a bit more specific and, like, Mm -hmm. to, like, let you creep inside my brain of, like, what I was, like, kind of comparing it to. Yeah. Because that's really what happened is, um, uh on the vampire diaries which which i i'm i'm quite certain you haven't seen i have not i have never watched an episode i just just (laughs) know that nina dobrev dobrev nina dobrev is on it um i i love i love the show it's one of those you know shows that i can say on one hand that i i've i watched when it first aired you know, like oh, I was sitting yeah. in front of the TV and, you know, kind of thing. Um, Supernatural being also one of those. Uh, but anyways, so like I, I do, I love the show. It's like, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, HBO cinema, you know, cinema verite, anything like that. But um, but there are definitely moments in it where there's these big climatic climatic scenes between like a duo character and either it's a love interest or it's family or it's this or it's that and they're lamenting uh uh their thoughts and feelings and it does not sound like it's coming from the character yeah and so like that's more what i was like meaning um because i've also dove back in I almost said dived, dove back in <laughs> to, uh, dove back into, um, some Dawson's Creek clips Ooh. on YouTube. And I think that's going to be my next rewatch. Love it. Cause usually when I like start happening onto clips of the show, I'm like, this, this, the universe telling me something. No, it's the algorithm. No, it's the universe. Um, <laughs> same thing, honestly. Same thing. Let's be real. Um, and little known fact, no, it's like a, it's a widely known fact, but you just might not know it. Um, Julie Quack and Kevin Williamson, Kevin Williamson, who are the co-creators and head writers for uh, The Vampire Diaries, were also writers for Dawson's Creek. 
Ah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Kevin Williamson was like a, was one of the creators. I, I don't quote me on that. But anyways, Nina Dobrev's character and, and uh, Ian Smolderholder. <sighs> I love him so much. Anyway, um, they are Joey and Pacey. Okay. Like, I was rewatching clips and I'm like, I knew they were. I knew they were. But like, like down to some lines oh, wow. of dialogue. Yeah. Like, they definitely put some Easter eggs in there, essentially. Yeah. So anyways, to make a short story long, um, <laughs> I was watching some of those clips, and, and it's not quite as obvious in Dawson's Creek, just because I feel like the nature of that show was very um, overtly dramatic, and yeah. a lot of the monologues felt very almost, like, Shakespearean in a way, mm-hmm. um, of kind of having, like, a soliloquy kind of nature to it. Um, that this scene with Amara and Dean, to actually bring it back to the show that we're talking about, wow. um, it, <laughs> it, um, it felt so much more uh, 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 in character, natural, and everything in comparison to, like, some of those scenes that I, I have in my brain. Yeah. Of kind of like similar circumstances, if that makes sense. One last thing about that scene before we move on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Easter eggs, there was a little bit of an Easter egg in part of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you picked up on it uh, when Amara was talking about the first reason why she brought Mary back. She, I, I should have written the line down because, of course, now I'm going to butcher it. But she was talking about how, like, you know, I want you to realize that the, like, life you're living now is, you know, like, enjoy it now because, like, it's not how it was then. Yeah. And the way that she she phrased it was um, the now isn't like the then. And it felt like to me that was, like, the the, the line delivery everything oh. is the like now then and then. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And I just, like, I picked up on it right away, and I was like, I love it. I love it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I So I thought that was really cool. I loved that line, too. Just, uh, I don't have any thoughts on it. Just, Mm -mm. I feel like it. But I I think, like, the old, to, like, maybe verbalize a thought maybe that we're already having in regards to it is just, like, it's one of those things that wouldn't have been said in season five. Or yeah. a season, you know, like in a season that wasn't the finale season, right? It feels like a line that's kind of, you know, speaking to the writerliness of it. Um, it feels like a line that's kind of get going, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Like, here we go down the path to the, the end. Um, but also being like weirdly optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and it goes along with, like, all of that, like, be here now, like, be in the present moment, like, now is the only time that you have. Easier said than done. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. Side note, side note. There's this fanfic that I've been reading, Mm. um, where it's a predator AU. So it's, like, one of the characters gets kidnapped for a most dangerous game style like 
humans hunting other humans and creatures and okay. he meets like a predator like alien versus predator there's predator okay yeah, yeah. um and they end up falling in love and escaping from the game and then going off on adventures exploring other planets and it's like it's really long it's vaguely upsetting like there's a lot of violence it's like this weird like monster fucker like thing and I've literally been like this is so comforting I wish that I would get kidnapped off world so that I could like be part of a most dangerous game and fall in love with a predator like someone please kidnap me from my life so that I can sleep on the hard ground oh my god that's a line from a Dixie Chick song also full circle anyways my point is that you are correct being here now in the present moment is easier said than done and wouldn't we all rather be in love with a predator on an alien Uh, planet yes on 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 a flip side to it though i happened upon i happened upon a tiktok came on my for you page um and it was this guy and it was shut up and it was this guy i happened upon don't know where i found it are you done um I do it to myself. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, <laughs> uh, and he was talking about how, you know, like, he has this thing, which to me was, you know, pretty relatable. And, and this facet of it doesn't mean that what I'm going to say doesn't apply to people if they don't have this. But for me, I do find it generally... I don't know, maybe this is getting too personal. No, it's not. I don't care. Uh, Generally speaking, when I look back on my life, it is very hard for me to remember good times, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Um, That doesn't mean that they weren't there. It's just when you're exposed to things, you, he's talking about this, you get used to, and this is actually probably very much how the brothers feel, I'm sure on like a very high level Mm -hmm. um you just get used to anticipating when is the other shoe gonna drop yeah you know when when you're constantly exposed to like whether it be trauma or just like uncertainty in general let's say like you know not to make it like capital t trauma or anything like that but um but just generally speaking like you know say like a kid that moves a lot or a you know, it, it could be anything, yeah. but just, well, you know, all financial instability, you would yeah. to always have financial instability. Like, yeah, exactly. And so you're like, you're constantly waiting for the shoe to drop. And so you're not actually able to enjoy when the shoe's not dropping because mm-hmm. you're just waiting yeah. for the shoe to drop. And so then it, becomes very hard to remember when the shoe's not dropping because you're just always waiting for it. Mm -hmm. And so like that got me thinking about like, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, like things can be shitty generally speaking and whatever that means. Um, But it's like not, not to like make this into like optimism corner with Kira, but (laughs) like, 
I, I'm personally, I haven't cracked it yet, but I think I'm getting a lot better at remembering the good days, you know, like I'm talking about present, you know, like, like say today wasn't for me, it wasn't particularly a shitty day, but it was draining and I had a lot of stuff to do and it was unexpected to have as much to do as I did. And, you know, I think back to like two days ago when I wasn't as drained and I was happy or this or that, or I was enjoying a nine hour writing playlist that I made on Spotify full of like S Club 7 and Nelly Furtado and just all the songs of my youth. And I'm like, okay, that day might not be today, but maybe I'll have that day tomorrow mm-hmm. or the next day. And it's like about kind of, you know, being in the present again, easier said than done. But like when, when you can be just like, take it, hold on to it. And cherish. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that has been optimism with Gira. <laughs> <laughs> I like but it. To, to come full circle on, on the side tangent thing, um, of course, our listeners won't know this, but I recently did something crazy to my hair and did um, basically dyed it like Harley Quinn. And it Not basically, amazing. I did. Amazing. I got it done at the salon. So good. <laughs> Thank you. And I constantly get complimented on it now, like at work and, and everything. And so it's such a like ego boost. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> People are paying attention to me. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, but the like epitome of being seen happened today at work. Mm-hmm. I served a customer. They were about to leave. They literally just got like a cup of water. They came back. They were with a little one, mm-hmm. a little boy. Couldn't have been older than like six, maybe, maybe that might have been even a little bit younger, actually. I think definitely was younger. And I think it was maybe his older sister or whatever. He goes, she goes to me, oh, excuse me, he wanted to say something to you. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, what's up, little guy? And he got really shy. Right? Like, literally, I want to cry right now just talking about it. And and he's like, no, you say it. Like, he's saying to his sister. Mm-hmm. And his sister's like, he wanted, he wanted you to know that he really liked your hair. And oh. I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And then they left, and I think I just, like, melted into a puddle. Oh. And it just made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> And so in other words, everyone go dye your hair. <laughs> yeah. There is only now. There is <laughs> There is only now. Okay. Back to the show. Enough of our trauma. Let's talk about the boys' trauma. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about the trauma of having all your fingers chopped off. Oh god. What's with them in fingers the last two episodes? Jesus. No, I really liked the vibe of the murders in this episode. But that was the only thing I liked about it. You sound like me. (laughs) You know, I really enjoyed the vibe of these murders. (laughs) (laughs) But I did. It was creepy. It was kind of like Saw. 
but I just it landed weird for me especially at the ending because like whatever I got like their message yada yada like we don't have to go what was it it was like, <laughs> what was it <laughs> the message was like it was about like not being a hard line like uh, oh okay yeah yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah I think it was like people <laughs> who've experienced pain like it just the whole like torture you know because she was re- like it, how people react to like death essentially because the pastor reacted by essentially losing his faith um Mm -hmm. not fully but like moving away from the organized church and moving towards just like general spirituality because he felt like Mm -hmm. the organized church um had lost meaning after his wife died whereas Mm -hmm. his daughter was just like felt betrayed by what she perceived as a lack of faith on her father's part and the fact Mm -hmm. that he wasn't paying attention to her Mm -hmm. um which like again whatever message yada yada um but i've been listening to a lot of like true crimey podcasty stuff and it's just like her behavior was like deeply fucked up serial killer behavior and I don't think they adequately addressed that because it was just like I mean I'm preaching to the choir here but like normal people don't lose a parent and their faith and start cutting off people's fingers well, I would argue that she didn't lose her faith. Or that she barreled headfirst into it and yeah. became essentially an extremist. Yes. So, yes. So, okay. Let, let me. I feel like she lost her faith in her father, though. Oh, and yeah. I feel like she lost her faith in people. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I see that. Regardless, yeah. it's like becoming a serial killer is not a normal reaction to, like... No, you're usually already, well, well, that's the thing though, right? It's like, and I think this is the point that you're trying to make. Not according to popular media, but in reality, serial killers are actually very rare. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they, they are like, yes, serial killers or killers in general can be made, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but speaking of extensive trauma, they're usually, if they're made or they're born like that, obviously it's like from childhood, but if they're made, it's over time. Yeah. And there would have had to have been other things, like she would have already exhibited traits prior. Exactly. And I just feel like they this. never really no. addressed that. And at the end, it, like, and they didn't really reckon with like the person she murdered and were just like, oh no, she's going to get the help that she needs, so sad. And it was like, like, that's not like, oh no, she, like, I mean, it is, oh no, she needs help. But like, it's not, oh no, she needs help. Like, we better get her a therapist. Like, it's, it was just weird. I found, like, it was weird. 
but also too it's that thing where i think that okay i ha- i have a proposal okay for this i think it's something that's very our our emotional response to that quote unquote closure of that b plot if you will mm-hmm. um is very much shaped by our interpersonal characters like our characters that we associate with how they react to it if sam and dean had have been on that case Mm -hmm. and at the end the father had said that to dean dean would have been like okay either he would have been like what the fuck are you talking about or he would have been like okay buddy you have fun with that yeah. kind of thing and it just would have landed a lot differently whereas Cass and Jack well let's let's leave Jack out of it because that's mm-hmm. a little bit like of a kind of moot point but at least in terms of Cass his reaction is a lot more I don't want to say stoic and I also don't want to say somber but I'm sure it's some other kind of s word or whatever in there um but the the best thing I can like compare it to in terms of like another instance in the episode where it was a bit more explicit was when he first approached the pastor and the pastor was talking with one of the um one of the members or whatever and Cass was overhearing what he was saying and he doesn't necessarily roll his eyes but it like it has that you know feeling to it and then even when he's you know questioning him in the office or whatever and he makes that comment of like god doesn't care yeah kind of thing um oh that's what i wanted to pinpoint sorry in the in when the guy when the pastor was talking to the member and he was saying all this stuff about you know uh or or whenever it was it was somewhere in that scene sorry i'm getting confused where he was talking about, and, and it's the thing that made you be like, I kind of hate this guy. Oh, where he yeah. was just like, we're all, like, it doesn't like matter. Yahweh, Buddha. Yeah, yeah. And all this Bahamut. stuff. Like, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so it, I, I'm pretty sure it was that scene when, like, Cass walks into the circle or whatever right before. He basically goes, okay. You know, kind of thing of, like, there is, there's this subtle thing that would have been way more explicit when it came to, like, say, Dean or Sam. Yeah. With, with Cass, I think it's a lot more subtle. Just, like, he's no better. Yeah. Because he's kind of hardlining the other way. Yeah. He's being a little bit too, like, not open. Maybe that's the wrong word, but a little bit, like, too wishy-washy. Yeah, that's it's exactly like, the word I was going to use. You know, and so it's like, I think maybe, and it just maybe didn't land that well because they were plopping in two characters into a scenario that didn't give those characters the, like, adequate space to, like, respond to this kind of uh, um, fable thing or whatever, like, moral issue um, in within character, right? Which is, like... I think what it's actually trying to say is that there is no right answer. We're all just fucking guessing. Yeah. And sometimes it breeds serial killers, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I uh, wish, yeah, I wish they had made the pastor a little more slimy. 
or like yeah not even slimy just more or a suspect yeah more like a little bit more ridiculous a little bit because I feel like they almost went there a little bit and I just wish they had taken it that extra step further of like no this guy's kind of a hypocrite too like yeah he he was he was playing it a little bit too straight exactly you know yeah and also let's just remember that the pastor was dr sexy yep and I can't believe that they, I can't, I can't believe that they brought him back to play I anyone can't. other than Dr. <laughs> Sexy. Like, I would have so much rather had another Dr. Sexy episode. <laughs> like, how do you take someone who plays such an iconic character? In the show. Yeah. The sh- and, and bring, like, I'm like, uh, wasted wasted <laughs> wasted opportunity yeah yeah well hmm. what else happened do we have i i was i was literally we have a couple minutes yeah we have but a couple, um but we did adequately yes yes i was really worried that i wasn't gonna <laughs> so was i <laughs> um I think we basically covered the majority of it this was not a very sam centric episode no I dare say. Um, I was thinking, I I have another thought. I have another mm -hmm. thought. I feel like at this point, they've really slid into Dean's main pleasure in life is food. Because it's like Sam is allowed to have a girlfriend. But like, (laughs) the shocking (laughs) thing is, the absolute (sighs) shocking thing is like, Canonically, if we're talking like real canon, Sam has gotten laid more recently than Dean. Yep. And like several times. Yep. And that's wild to me. Like at this point, like Dean is like pie pierogies. <laughs> that is his uh... pleasure in life. And I don't. I, I don't mind it. I I mean I yeah. don't know. I mean we but all like know it's... <laughs> we all know <laughs> where I'd like him to be getting his affection, but Exactly. Because we all would like him to be getting his affection from there. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> this just like you know, opens up the space for that to exist in our minds. <laughs> true it's true and then like I had mixed feelings about when creators and writers like explicitly don't do things because they know because I, I feel like it's a conscious choice I feel like it's like we know mm-hmm. people will be upset if we mm-hmm. if we introduce a love interest for Dean mm-hmm. and I don't know how I feel about that I don't know how I feel about that either. Like, no one's showed up to be a no. love interest. And he's never had any chemistry with any women on the show. He's had chemistry yeah. with, like, literally every dude. <laughs> but. Also, side note, speaking of chemistry with every uh, dude, what's his face that played? Oh, my God. Why can I never remember his name? 
Adam, Adam something or other that played the, the, the guy in the bar that like, can, can like, where Dean's following him and it, it's like the oh, golem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the Jewish guy. Yeah. So Adam, what's his face? Adam Ro- Rose, Rose, something like that. Not the character, the actor's name. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Anyways, we know, anyways. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> he's like, he blew up on TikTok. Oh, what? And he's like a big TikToker. It's Adam Rose. It is Adam Rose. Okay, amazing. And it's so good. And he's just like, he's in his little cardigan and he's doing all the TikTok dances. And it's just like, it, it brings so much joy to my day. So any of our listeners that have not been graced with his TikTok presence, like you need to get on that. Sally included. Yes. Okay. I'm doing it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll send one to you. Okay. Amazing. I'll send you like the best one. <laughs> ending, ending our episode, telling everyone to go on TikTok. TikTok. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay anyways uh (laughs) that has been another week in the adventures of sam and dean and we'll be back again i think next week Mm -hmm. there is another new episode so you can follow us on all of our social media we're barely active on it but i'm sure eventually we'll get back to you (laughs) um and thank you guys for listening